All right, welcome in. It is another edition of RJ Bell's Dream Preview College Basketball Edition. I am AJ Hoffman. He is Griffin Warner. Griffin, how are you, man? I'm doing fine, AJ. Uh, had a really good college basketball weekend. Um, if not for yet another banked-in three-pointer, would have been perfect until uh, Notre Dame decided to uh, make me take some medicine again today. Um, but uh, can't ask for more than that. World Cup was awesome as well. Don't know if you uh, woke up at the uh, crack of dawn for that in uh, Las Vegas, but uh, it was worth it if you did. I- Okay, I did. Wa- I watched probably, uh, I'd, I'd say, all but maybe 10 minutes of the World Cup game. This I, is what my, my biggest takeaway is. I could make a penalty kick. <laughs> I, I mean, for a game that's so hard to score, like that's it's too easy to make penalty kicks. It's absurd. All right, so there's like a 77% chance, uh, according to all the penalty kicks that are taken across whatever way they, they quantify it. Uh, I think it's way too, they give away penalties way too easily. But um, the, the nice thing, I guess, about it is, if, or the bad thing is, if you didn't give them, then uh, they might never, ever score. So um, for an underdog better like myself and an under under player, it would be really awesome if they gave them uh, or were a little bit harsher with the grading. But I swear, the uh, the first one was... Uh, vomit inducing from a, a France backer today. So, um, yeah, like the net is the size of a house. Like if you can't kick it in, like the and the goalie clearly just has to guess. Like he just dives one way or the other. He doesn't has no idea where the ball's going. He's just uh, laying down, hoping it hits him. It's absurd. But, like but surprisingly, it's just, they, they don't go down the middle enough. You know, I mean, literally I, kick it right there every time. And I saw it at the end of the game. Messi kicked it real slow and right down the middle, and it worked because the guy just dove like a lunatic. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm telling you, I'm convinced I could make one. I, I I don't know for a fact. I'm pretty sure, though. Yeah, it was a Saturday sucked for me on college basketball. I was like great start to bowl weekend or, or bowl season for me. Um, college basketball just kicked my ass on Saturday. I, I started off really well with Houston. And it was like, oh, well, this is going to be a, a, a good day because Houston was, I mean, it was a, a basically a no sweater. And then I had Cornell plus like nine and a half points against Syracuse. They were, I think, tied at half and Syracuse just blew them out in the second half. Uh, my best bet from this pod, Utah uh, against BYU. Again, looked great in the first half, terrible in the second half. Um, so, and then Purdue. Oh my God. I've got to talk to you about Purdue. Go ahead. Purdue plays Davidson, whose tallest guy is like six foot seven. Zach Eady is just feasting against Davidson. So what do they do? I mean, I, like Eady's nine of 11 for 29 points, 16 rebounds. He's just having his way. So it seems like that's all you would do is give it to Zach Eady, right? Well, he's nine of 11. The rest of the team was 10 for 47. When something's really working for you, why not just do that thing over and over and over again? They clearly couldn't stop it. It was vomit-inducing, honestly. I, I was. It was very frustrating to watch that game. I thought Purdue was – I was like, oh, they've got no answer for Zach Eady. And I was absolutely right, but they just played like idiots. So it was one of those days for me on Saturday. Sunday has been good so far. Uh, I tailed you on USC – um, I got some good fortune in the NFL today. Having oh, the oh, oh you did, did you? Yeah, and uh, and I've got Baylor pending tonight, so we'll see how it ends up going. 
the Lobos, New Mexico, they they did they did me well today as well. Father against son or son against father, I guess. Uh, okay, enough about that though. Let's jump into the games. And after this last weekend, this feels pretty disappointing. It's like, oh, we're back, we're back, baby. yeah, we're back to the junk. And I, I'm, the good news is we're starting to uh, get into conference play. So we're about to be into some good matchups every week, but this is kind of the end of non-con. We picked out a couple conference games that look good, well, at least decent, and then a couple non-conference games that should be at least entertaining. But let's start with a game being played in Lincoln, Nebraska. I'm not sure why they're playing this in Nebraska, to be honest, but this is Drake and Mississippi State. We're looking at Drake, and I'm going to guess about minus three, my, or excuse me, Mississippi State minus three, maybe minus four. Uh, on a neutral, and this is Drake coming off. This is what we, we like. We talked about uh, teams who start their conference and then go into non-con, and I, I would never trust them. And they played a couple road games against A10 schools. Richmond and St. Louis did not fare well. What do you see Drake going into this matchup with an unbeaten Mississippi State? So Mississippi State, uh, I was actually looking at their futures. Is there one of the last uh, unbeatens in the country? And I was still seeing a 150 to 1 odds out there, which anything over 100 to 1 to me is like a a very, very intriguing type of spot. Because I I feel like if you're picking anyone um, outside the – the, the episode that we did earlier in the season where we actually gave some futures out. If you're looking for long shots this late in the season, you need to see a path to a really high seed to make it worth it. Um, and Mississippi state is going to go through a really rugged sec, but I mean, it's a pretty good start when you haven't lost through 11 games, but they did have a really tight one with nickel state at home, nickel state, I think a decent program, but certainly a low major. So I'm not sure how much to take from that, but um, going to this neutral site in Nebraska, uh, interesting location. I guess they didn't want to play it in Des Moines because I feel like it would have been a really, really tough environment for Mississippi State. Um, but this is a good test for a team in Mississippi State who I, I don't know has a ton of guard play. Um, they're relying on kind of some transfers and, and younger players that weren't really huge pieces in the past. Also breaking in a new coach, Chris Jans, who comes from Greg Marshall's family tree, coaching tree in the past, and, and honestly has done really well so far in his start at Mississippi State. But uh, Drake, you know, I, I felt like I watched a fair amount of the SLU game, St. Louis game this weekend, and I thought Drake played pretty well. Um, they have a really good coach's son as their kind of leader, star player uh, in, in uh, DeVries. But um, ultimately, I, I see them. They have a, a pretty good Tucker DeVries, excuse me. And they have a really good big guy in Darnell Brody who hasn't been playing as many minutes as I thought. But ultimately, I think Drake are a really, really talented mid-major that can cause some problems. They have a lot of really talented players. They've been a really strong team a few years back um in the NCAA tournament uh or at least in the playoff playing game and I feel like they can give Mississippi State some problems as I'm I'm still not certain and I think based on the market not really buying into their their start at, at 11 and 0 that there's still some some questions about exactly how good Mississippi State is yeah and I think everything you're saying right there is is reasonable and part of why I don't know that Mississippi State is sustainable is they're such a bad three-point shooting team now maybe there's some uh some positive regression in that manner but i i don't know what mississippi state does that worries me for drake is they're big and they rebound hard and drake is not big and does not rebound hard and that concerns me mississippi state but the second highest offensive rebound rate in the country uh so they they get after their misses they and again i mentioned their three-point shooting they miss a lot uh, so so they they do get a lot of second chance opportunities. 
I worry that Drake may have a hard time keeping them off the glass. And then defensively, I think Mississippi State's just a lot better than I gave them credit for. Uh, and I don't know that like the numbers you see on Kimpom are a fair representation of what Mississippi State is. Like they're top they're seventh in adjusted efficiency. Like I don't know if that if they're that good. Uh, but I I do think they're a lot better than I believed they were going to be defensively. Uh, they they block a lot of shots, which again I, I think could give Drake a problem. A team that doesn't have a whole lot of size. Uh, I, this is a really interesting matchup to me and I, I'm a big Drake guy. I like, I think Drake is a really, really good mid-major program. And I, I'm, I think I tend to lean with you that while Mississippi state, Hey, nice start, I'll, I'll do credit, but their best win this year is Marquette on a neutral. Eh, okay. Hey, this is, and this again, the, the Ken Palm's number says seven. On this game, I can't imagine that Mississippi State is going to open seven point favorites over Drake. If they do, then Drake has to be the play. But if it's the number that I'm expecting, which is three or four, uh, I, I think I'd probably lean to Mississippi State. But if it gets way outside of that, it, Drake's the only side I could play. So it, it's I think this is really a matter of how how much the market sticks to Ken Palm's number. Yeah, I mean, it will probably start there as we've kind of seen Ken Palm essentially offers opening lines now. Um, I would imagine it will come down. I think at seven, I mean, because then you're getting outside two possessions. Yeah, you got to worry about fouling and things of that nature. But uh, I don't know that I've ever trusted a Mississippi State team at the line. So um, certainly I think Drake is is worth looking at. I imagine there'll be a lot more Drake fans as we continue to handicap neutral site uh, fan advantages. I think there'll be a lot more Drake Bulldogs fans coming over from Des Moines than are coming up from Stark Vegas. Cause I think they'd rather stay in, in Starkville. All right. Let's look at the next one where Duke, we're going to project them as seven point road favorites at wake forest and Duke one and oh in conference already. They played Boston college at home, blew them out. Um, they have looked a lot better since the Purdue game where they were just kind of physically overwhelmed. It felt like, uh, and I think Purdue's going to do that to a lot of teams, but with the exception, uh, and it's it's been easy to say, ah, oh, Duke's not as good. John Shire's not as good, and he's probably not. But the two teams they've lost to are Kansas and Purdue, who are two of the what five or six best teams in the country. All right, the win over Iowa really kind of opened my eyes. I was on Iowa, full disclosure, and it was it was never a live ticket. So I. I have maybe underestimated Duke. And Wake is interesting in that if you'd asked me, I don't know, the beginning of this month, I would have said, I think they're I think they're better than I thought they were. Coming off that Wisconsin win, they beat Wisconsin at home. And if you beat any Big Ten team at home, it's like, okay, uh, that's, that's opening my eyes. And then this last weekend, they played a Big Ten team at home in Rutgers, and th- they didn't even belong on the floor with them. So it's kind of some disparate results. And if you look at their schedule, you can kind of go, well, maybe that Wisconsin game was the outlier. And that's kind of where I'm leaning right now is that the Wisconsin game, while a great result, a great resume builder, I don't know if Wake is as good as I thought they were early in the season just because they hadn't really played anybody. They beat Georgia, who, who stinks, but it's an SEC school and they beat them by double digits. So people are like, oh, okay, that's solid. I think the way Duke's playing right now, if you're not a a, a top tier team, they're going to smash you. And Wake is, in my opinion, clearly not a top a top tier team. So I think Duke just 
kind of rolls out the helmets, if you will, and and just smashes these guys with talent. So uh, I, I'm looking at Duke minus the seven here. Yeah, so I, I'm i not a uh, a road favorite player, as I think probably anyone who's listened to yeah. any podcast I do uh, would already recognize. Um, I think I was very surprised, though, in – a the Wake Forest starting lineup this weekend because everyone had said Tyree Appleby, their their stud transfer uh, point guard, shooting guard, um, said that he wasn't playing, and then all of a sudden he's starting the lineup this weekend. And I'm glad I didn't see it because I might have backed them at Rutgers uh, where they got smashed, as you said. Um, I think Wake Forest. I mean, they have a great coach, Steve Forbes, awesome. Came over from East Tennessee State, finally got a shot, and I think is going to make that program um, far better than it's been for a long time. But it's been one of the worst in all of the ACC. They lost some talent to the uh, to the the pros last year, which it's really hard to replace at Wake Forest, especially even in a down ACC. I feel like. Um, my questions are with them on the road specifically. I feel like they're a team I'm happy to back at home, um, though I do worry about this matchup just because Duke, I think, as you mentioned, I was looking at Iowa uh, in that matchup at, in the Jimmy V Classic in, in uh, Madison Square Garden, and I was considering going against Duke as well. Um, I just don't know this is a great kind of situation for Wake Forest. Certainly they should be pretty motivated to perform well against Duke and coming off a really bad loss, but I feel like they would have been for Duke anyway. Um, I, I feel like I need to see a little bit more out of Wake Forest because their Jekyll and Hyde results are pretty intense. Um, blowing a big 20-point lead to LSU was pretty incredible on a neutral. Um, and I feel like it hasn't really been a lot of good uh, results, especially seeing them lose by 20 at Clemson. There's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of issues and a lot of bad showings. And I don't know that I necessarily want to tempt fate going against a really strong Duke team. All right, let's look at maybe this is a, a tough thing to say. Maybe the best game of the week as Miami is going to host Virginia, Virginia coming off a loss to Houston, a game that the final score was uh, much closer than the game itself played out. You know, Virginia tried to make a little push late lose by eight, but they were, I mean, they were getting just dominated at points of this game against Houston. Miami obviously is not Houston, first of all, but this is another example of the road team being favored. We're going to pro- project Virginia minus two at Miami. And Miami's, this is a uh, a surprise team, maybe 11 and one. The one loss being on a neutral to Maryland. Uh, they have not strayed away uh, from home very often, but they don't have to here either. Two and oh start to, uh, to conference play, albeit, listen, winning at Louisville is, I mean, Basically, anyone can do it. And then NC State, who I think is a, a probably lower tier ACC team, they get their first big test in the ACC against Virginia at home. How do you think they fare? I like the setup for Miami, actually. Um, they were one of the teams that I couldn't really figure out last season. Uh, basically, they turned their opponents over a ton. And believe it or not, if your opponent can't shoot, they can't score. Uh, and that seems to be a really stellar game plan. I don't know that Virginia is necessarily going to have those problems. They have Kia Clark, who was supposed to leave, and I was really happy to see him go somewhere else, but he's back in Virginia. Um, and I feel like if you're if there's anything to talk about with Virginia, is you know that you're going to get slow pace, and you know you're going to get a pretty like strong ball control offense that is going to grind the clock and try to make it really hard on you to turn them over and create easy offense that way. Uh, Miami, as you said, they've they've played better, I think, at home, but also. Um, you got at this point in the in in the season, you you I at least start to kind of downgrade teams that haven't really been on the road. 
Um, and it kind of makes it because everything goes well at home generally. Um, certainly when you have some really good teams come in, it might not. But for the most part, you're going to play better than you, than you will on the road, whether it makes sense. The, the the conditions aren't that different. Maybe people yelling at you somehow change things for 18 to 23-year-olds, but it is what it is. Anyway, um, I don't love Virginia, though. I feel like they are a three-point shooting team that has way outperformed their talents and abilities. Um, the Ben Vanderplas addition, I think, will help, but – um, seeing them coming off a, a game where they kind of got pushed around by Houston, I feel like they'll be in a pretty good mindset to go into Miami, but I, it's Miami or nothing for me in this one. Yeah, I tend to agree. And you said, if you can't shoot, you, you know, it's where, where the points come from and Virginia, I don't know that I said before the Houston game, it feels like there's some regression coming on their shooting. I don't think they're this good of a three point shooting team. And they, you know, they shoot sub 25% from three against Houston. Now Houston makes a lot of teams look bad from behind the, behind the arc. I don't know that Miami can do that, but again, I'm still in the, of the belief that Virginia is just not that great of a shooting team. So I'm with you. If I can get Miami, you know, plus a possession at home, that's the only way I'm going to be looking here as well. All right. For our last matchup, Illinois and Mizzou, and this is another neutral game. And we're going to go with Illinois catching. We're, we're going to estimate six points here uh against missouri and this is and where is this game st louis oh that's right this is at the enterprise center in st louis so i, I guess it's a, a a semi-home for mizzou no no i would split it 50 percent. you think uh, so this is honestly one of the games like i don't have any ties to illinois nor missouri but um, this is one of the best environments every year, no matter how good or bad the teams are. I feel like Missouri, especially off a really good start to the season, their gaudy record is built off of really, really poor teams that they played. But they did get a really good win against Central Florida with one of those banked-in shots at the buzzer that I'm becoming so accustomed to. Um, and, you know, they're facing an Illinois team that, um, you know, is is fully new to this environment and might get a little bit spooked because it, it is going to be a madhouse. And I got to say, I'm very happy it's on our list because this is a game I've been like pointing on my schedule being like, if there's ever a time where I got nothing to do and I'm like right before the holidays, just hard for anyone in this country. But uh, I want to get to that game at some point. Well, this game is interesting because, it, you know, Mizzou, like you said, played a week schedule so far. They ran into by far the most talented team they've seen this year in Kansas, and they were not competitive. They got blown out in that game, which, okay, Kansas is really good. Illinois is a team, maybe you'll uh, you'll laugh at this. I think Illinois might be as talented as Kansas. Like I, I feel like from just a pure talent standpoint, they are really, really good. I think right now they're still far from a finished product. We talked about Gonzaga, how I think Gonzaga at the end of the season could be a much better team than they are right now. I think Illinois could be sort of the same thing. Like the pieces are there. Underwood just hasn't figured out how to piece them together quite yet. I think this team is going to be great. I don't know when it happens. I mean, if the fact that they played with Texas the way they did, you could say, well, there's they've shown signs. What they did to UCLA was certainly a sign losing the way they did to Penn state was like at home. That was a couple steps back in my mind. So had they not lost that game to Penn state, I'd be slam dunking on Illinois here. I, I would think this is a great bet as it stands. I, I don't know. I, and like you said, I I'd love to see, I'd love to watch this game live, but here I think I'm, I would just love to sit back and watch and see what we learn about Illinois. I don't think Mizzou has nearly the long-term upside that Illinois does. 
Uh, but I, I think that Illinois eventually is going to be great. They should be able to smash this Mizzou team because that I don't think is very good. But six points, neutral site. And like you said, if it's a 50-50 split, then uh, it's probably a stay away from me. Yeah, I think uh, Illinois looks like the better team to me. They're certainly more challenged based on their schedule. And and I mean, their big three, I wouldn't probably, I'm not going to laugh at you because we're, we're co-hosts, but uh, I wouldn't <laughs> say they're exact same talent level as Kansas, but I do think their they're big three of, of Shannon, Hawkins, and, and Matthew Meyer can kind of go up against a big three of, of almost any school across the country. And it's part of why they somehow were able to come back and, and beat Texas um and send it forced to overtime a game they were losing essentially throughout um but yeah crowd should be nuts and and the way this game goes is is whoever gets on a run the crowd goes insane and then you basically try to keep your run going as long as possible uh should be back and forth but uh ultimately i think i'll side with illinois here all right let's uh jump into best bets before we do that though Let's give the people uh let's give the people a little holiday present. Let's do it. Uh use the promo code key23. Uh like key with a to your apartment or house or car or something, or maybe top of the key is what we were going for here. But key23, K-E-Y 23, you get 23% off for all listeners of this college basketball podcasts. Good for seven days from the podcast release. So it gets you right up until Christmas. Um World Cup's over, so I'm not going to be putting stuff out on that. But uh, European soccer is coming back sooner rather than later. Uh, I think this week it actually is already back, so get ready. Uh, the ride will be there. Of course, college basketball picks coming from yours truly, A.J. Hoffman as well. Uh, UFC stuff, NFL, college football, bowl season. I'm sure all that sort of stuff is out there from him. Plus, you get Steve Fezzik and Mackenzie Rivers of the world as well. Everything out there, if you want to jump in, use the promo code KEY23, K-E-Y-23. And you will get 23% off any purchase at pregame.com. Um, and AJ, why don't I take the lead? Uh, I'll take the tee box with my win on, on South, uh, Southern Cal today. Uh, that was a little bit uh, of a heartbreaker at the end almost. Uh, but thankfully, Auburn decided not to bank in a shot at the buzzer. Um, I'm actually going to switch it up. Uh, we've I've changed best bets a couple times here. But I, in talking about Miami, I got to say, as an underdog at home to, to Virginia, I think this is a really great position to take. Uh, position on on Miami uh I just I think we've said it we don't believe in the Virginia shooting uh I don't really believe in Tony Bennett as much um I feel like the 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 pro prospects that he had from years ago are not the same anymore so I'll take Miami as an underdog at home uh we'll take him up to minus one as a favorite but I imagine they close an underdog as you projected uh and I think Miami win this game and get off to a really great start in the ACC play and potentially pushes Virginia back into a, a little bit of a concerning um trip into the holidays I, I yeah I love it I, I think that's a solid play and by the way you mentioned you were off the win I was not my my miraculous four game best bet win streak came to a, a screeching halt in the holy war uh which you said yikes i should have listened when you said yikes no 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 uh, <laughs> don't don't say that though because i definitely learned the hard way on uh, marquette and notre dame a week ago so maybe we should we, i mean we talk to each other so often maybe we should start listening maybe you know it'd probably be a smart move all right i'm going to go for my best bet to uh, a familiar place and it worked for me before i think it works again here I'm fading Lamar again. This is just such a bad team. And I watched every minute of that second Southern Miss game and they cannot get out of their own way. They can't do anything right. They, and it for, I mean, maybe 10 minutes, they hung with them a little bit. And then you, the, even the announcers were like, yeah, 
you know, the, to, to only be down 11 points at half, this is a big victory for Lamar. What? The, I mean, the expectations for this program don't exist. The the announced crew, I watched the, the Lamar feed of this game, and they basically said as much. They said the goal was not to compete this year. The goal that's why these are all new guys. This is like a, a brand new fresh start for Alvin Brooks at Lamar, and there's no expectations on them this season. Which anytime you tell me that, cool. I'm I'm going to take advantage. And they're playing Pacific. Ken Palm has this 10. I'll go with I'll, I'll give myself some wiggle room up to, to 11, 12. Uh, but Pacific, a very good shooting team, an outside shooting team. And a a defense that has been, I would say, unspectacular this year. But I, I think the pieces are in place. And Leonard Perry's got a, a squad that is going to defend well and is getting better as the season goes on. Uh, they've got wins over Fresno State and San Jose State this month in December. Teams that I would have thought coming in are just clearly better than them. Uh, and it, it feels like a good opportunity for them to go on the road and and just smash a bad team. And uh, they did that early this season against North Dakota, beat them by 30 on the road. And I would say Lamar is is worse than North Dakota. When North Dakota is one of the worst teams in the country, Lamar is even worse. I think Lamar is one of the five worst teams in the country. If I'm only having to lay 10, 12 points, which I know sounds ridiculous to a guy like you who never likes to play big favorites. Uh, I am going to do it. And I will, uh, this Lamar team who's just excited to get to Christmas break, get the hell out of Dodge. I will, uh, I will fade them once again. So Pacific, I'll play it to 12 will be my best bet against the Lamar Cardinals. I, I just think you really deserve to get uh, paid for watching Lamar basketball and the Lamar basketball feed. I mean, you don't get that type of analysis insight from any podcast out there. Uh, AJ, you deserve to get paid for watching whatever the heck basketball the Lamar, I think, Cardinals <laughs> are playing. Is that right? That is the Lamar Cardinals. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's dumpster diving for sure. That's uh, That's all you can say about it. All right. There you go. Like you said, we split our best bets uh, this last week. I'll take a split every once in a while. Again, like I said, coming off the 4-0 or four four straight winners for me, I'll yeah. probably do yeah. a loss. I'll take it. Um, and if I can get four more after this, I'll take that too. That'd be really nice. Uh, but either way, we are not going to do a podcast on Thursday because I think there's a total of five college basketball games between Friday and Sunday. Uh, so you don't need us for those days. Uh, if we've got any plays, you know, on pregame or, or somewhere, you can find us on Twitter, maybe. But we and we will not be back on Sunday because Sunday's Christmas. So you will hear us back uh, a week from Thursday. You're going to miss two full episodes of this show. I know you're sad. Sad. You'll get it over it. Uh, but we will be back uh, not this Thursday, next Thursday, and should be good for the rest of the season. So. Again, the promo code KEY23, go to pregame.com, K-E-Y, 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 23, 23% off anything at pregame.com. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, have a good Christmas, good holidays, whatever you're doing. Stay safe. Hopefully get yourself some winners. For Griffin Warner, I'm AJ Hoffman. We will talk to you uh, in about 10 days. Take care.